0: You're listening to The Tablecast. Pull up a chair and join the conversation. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Tablecast. This is Preston Cox and I'm with Paul Partlow. What's up, Paul? What's up? So this month, Paul, we are talking about what does it mean uh, to practice radical hospitality in our lives. And the last couple of times we've talked about a story in Genesis 18 uh, where there's a story of Abraham welcoming these strangers into uh, his home. Uh, and, and we get this kind of this really neat picture of what ancient practices of hospitality looked like. In the past couple of times, we've we've kind of pulled out some key principles. Uh, and so anybody who is listening to this and hasn't listened to those, you can go back and, and check those out and get a double dose of Genesis 18. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, but it's a really good passage. We keep talking about how this passage is couched uh, in the Abrahamic story, uh, and often it gets passed by. Like we, we know about it, but we don't really study it. And so, it's been really good to study this this passage together.
1: Yeah, he's he's really shown us. I think Abraham is a good example of what radical hospitality looks like. I would I would much rather talk about all kinds of other theological things, and uh, because this is really where the rubber meets the road, though, is radical hospitality. I was listening to um, Andy Stanley talk the other day, and he said something to the effect of. Uh, he said that people were uh coming to him saying you know well we just need more uh more meat of the word and and we need deeper content and things like that and he 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 turned to him and he said if you want to go deeper in christianity become a foster parent oh wow <laughs> and and i think that's really what we're talking well, about today is yeah. this whole idea of uh if you want to go deeper In your faith, it's not—it's not about uh, learning all these uh, deeper content and reading widely in theology and stuff like that, which is all that's really good and really needed. Uh,
0: Radical showing radical hospitality is where the rubber meets the road in this conversation. Yeah, no kidding. It—it is really—you know—last month was we asked this question: What does love require of me? And that one was—that was a pretty tough question already. But this. This question about hospitality is really challenging us to put our faith into practice. Um, and it's really challenging us to live like Jesus in a way that I think uh, other theological ideals sometimes don't challenge us to do. And so I'm really happy that we're, we're diving in this together, because I think you're right. I think hospitality is at the core of what it means to be a Christ follower.
1: Yeah, yeah. It makes us ask this question, who is our neighbor? And thinking about the 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 passages, you know, the passage of the Good Samaritan, things like that, and and some of the ramifications of those texts, you're thinking, man, I don't know if I want to answer answer that question. Because yeah. when, <laughs> when we answer yeah. it, we we are responsible
0: for doing something about it. And yeah. that's it's it's a difficult question. This is this is a tough thing to talk yeah. about. Well, and one of the things that we've been talking about, and maybe we can can unpack this a little bit more here, is that uh we live in a North America context. You and I live in Texas. Texas is generally pretty hospitable. I mean, yes, Texans, Texans are known yeah. for being friendly. Southern friendlier. hospitality, yeah, things like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, But there are some boundaries that are set up in our culture as North Americans um, that make it hard for hospitality. And I didn't realize this until I was talking to some folks about this topic here recently. Um, just like uh, I, it's something as simple as gender, be, being a different gender than a person creates difficulties for hospitality for instance this guy said he goes i'm a dad i have kids and i often take my kids to like soccer games or whatever um it would be weird for me as a dad to ask another mom to come over to, to the house yeah, yeah you know that's right but, and and so they're just it, even if you know his wife's gonna be there everything you know we, we want to make sure that all that's all clear but um it it, it would, it could be perceived as, you know, well, what are they doing? You know, and so there's even just a simple uh, issue like gender causes us problems uh, in terms of being hospitable to other people. Uh, There are other things I I thought about – the way that politic is set up right now. Right. Um, you know, I made the joke in the first podcast uh, that, you know, uh, about, you know, if you're a fundamentalist Republican who graduated from UT and open carries and has a jacked-up Ford truck, you know, like we, we joke about that, and, and it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but it really has created a divide in our culture where it's, it's hard um, – to interact with people on a, in a way that's hospitable anymore. Um, and so even that has created some barriers that we're having to unpack. Yeah. Even,
1: especially in America, what I've noticed is because we used to live in New Zealand, we used to live out of the country. So, uh, looking into our, uh, our home country our native country, uh, with, with different eyes, uh, it's, it's been really interesting. And mm. one of the things I've noticed since I've come back is, Americans are just so polarized. Yeah, I mean, civil discourse has kind of been thrown out the window, and people <laughs> have kind of picked a side. And yeah, exactly. I mean, on everything, not just Republican and Democrat, but just like you mentioned, UT, A and M, Texas Tech. which yeah. Preston, he's wearing a Texas Tech shirt right now, actually. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, we pick our sides, yeah. and those are our uh, our teams or our views or our ways, yep. and and it's and we group ourselves. In those ways. And and those groups, a lot of times are pretty close to people who think differently or look differently or act differently than we do.
0: Yeah. And, and it really does. It creates a tension in us um, about how to be hospitable. And, and it's it we have to uh, as Christ followers, we're going to have to overcome some of those tensions in order to act as Christ did. Um, and to take the example of people like Abraham uh, to show us what it means to actually live uh in, in radically hospitable ways you know you're talking about New Zealand a little bit you've shared some really cool stories uh, before with me about how uh, you know international culture uh, was so different in terms of hospitality uh, especially uh, you, I remember you talking about uh, when you first came back from New, from New Zealand you you're trying to have dinner with people. Yeah. One yeah. of those people may have been me and Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and we pulled out our day planner and we said, Yeah, how about dinner in a couple of weeks, right? And right yeah, we yeah, talk, yeah. Talk about your no, response yeah, to that. that was
1: just kind of mind blown and, and boggling, really, because in New Zealand, the, the phrase is, Hey, yeah, just bring a plate, you know? And so what that means is whatever you're having, whatever you've already cooked for your family, just bring that and we'll just. Uh, combine our meals and we'll eat together. So I could call somebody at three o'clock or four o'clock and say, hey, do you want to come over tonight for dinner? Yeah. And they'd be like, oh yeah, sure. But when we got back to the States, uh, I remember that first week we walked into church and there were a lot of people that we we knew and we wanted to catch up with. And and so as we started talking to them, we said, hey, do you want to have dinner? And uh, they, like, just like Preston said, they would get out their day planner and they would say, <laughs> what about three weeks from Thursday? And you're, and you're like, what? Like, are you really that busy? but yeah. but we are yeah. we're so so busy uh we we have no room for for other people we have our uh, uh we have our top two or three people that we really kind of devote time to sure. but but everybody else i've noticed this too in america which is different than new zealand is after you get done talking to an acquaintance or or a kind of a, a you know um a friend but kind of Uh, lower on the priority scale, I guess I'd say, we always say, Oh yeah, we need to get together for coffee or something. And the other person goes, yeah, we'll get together for coffee. And then here in America, you never get together for coffee. (laughs) (laughs) You just, it's just something that you say in New Zealand. Oh, you just, if you made a commitment, you, you stuck to it. You
0: did that. Right. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't know how many times I've done that. You know, I've lost count. Uh, it's it's just so funny. We talked about last time uh, on the podcast, uh, how uh, hurry is the enemy of love, um, and that that it's those two things are tend to be incompatible with each other. And I, I was telling you a little bit about how we had to kind of break down our schedule, me and Sarah, uh, to to allow more openness right. in our life. Um, and and I I really just. I, I want people to consider this because it may be, it's not a prerequisite for hospitality by any means. Like you don't have to have your schedule all the way, all the way in order before, right? Because there's always going to be busy oh, seasons absolutely, and you're yeah. always going to be busy. Yeah. Um, but I really want to challenge our listeners here to, to really consider, um, this principle, of the best. Yes. Um, especially as it turns into how are we reaching out to those around us? Um, and I, th- I think it's just, so important for us to to recognize those nudgings from God, yeah, um, and to be okay with people just kind of showing up. I, we have uh, uh, someone in our community, uh, and I, I don't think she would hate me for telling her this story, but uh, she has an open door policy with with the teenagers. That uh, she has a a girl that's in college and a young teenage boy, and uh, she's like that. They just kind of all their friends are always welcome. Oh, absolutely! And yeah. uh, she she's. Uh, Teaching us how to be interruptible, I think that's mm. so important yeah, that's in good terms point. of hospitality—is allowing ourselves to be interrupted, um, and even our schedules. Uh, you know, I, I love that that principle that you were talking about, um, and and you guys challenged us uh, without knowing it. You you didn't like call us to the mat or anything, but <laughs> but but that interaction challenged us to make us say, man, "Man, we do need to create some more space in our life to be more hospitable."
1: Yeah, it's. I think it goes back to the question of. Who is lord of your calendar? I mean does uh, does your calendar rule you yeah. or do you do you allow God to enter your calendar and and to be lord of it? And if 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 Jesus is is lord of your calendar and your day planner, there will be room and a focus of others yeah. because that's what his focus was. He came to seek and save that which was lost and and I think that would be our focus as well. We would see that priority show up time and time again. Yeah in how we schedule our lives.
0: Maybe you can talk just a second here about uh, you're you're a dad of 3 kids. We talked a little bit about having kids last time. I don't have kids so I can't really relate in a lot of ways. Uh, give us give us just like maybe one one or one thing you can do as a parent to be hospitable in the lives of raising kids. <laughs> you know, and, and as you drive kids to basketball practice and art and school and Play play dates and stuff like that. What is some, a way we can be hospitable with kids? Yeah, I, I think
1: the the biggest thing that I that me and Melanie uh, we talk about is uh, inviting our kids into that process. Yeah. being a family on mission, um, not just um, me as the father. I'm the uh, person that goes out and shares Jesus or whatever. But <laughs> but uh, we yeah. as a family are the ones that that. Um, that can do that together and really making them a part of that, uh, making them a part of the process, even what we cook, who we invite, yeah. what we do, even, you know, I, I've really, I've really loved it because uh, like when we invite you guys over, I love it because you immediately connect with our kids, you go play Mario and, yeah. they, and and they've started to love having people in, in, in our, in our home, which is, which has been really good. But an, another thing as we, uh, as we take our kids to uh, different sports, practices and music events and all these other things. Cause we're always, we're one giant taxi service. It seems like you're like, <laughs> that's why you have a minivan. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, but when we, when we go to those places, I think showing hospitality to the people that were around simply little things like knowing their name, yeah. uh, you know, uh, remembering the stories that they've told us, uh, and and sometimes I'll be honest, uh sometimes when I get back to the car after a basketball game or something like that and I've already talked to a couple parents, I have to take notes. <laughs> I have to write down their name <laughs> yeah. and kind of a uh, little bullet points of what they said, but it all comes back to intentionality. It's I want to be hospitable by by showing them that they're valued. Yeah. And and knowing
0: their name is a good place to start with that. Man, that is so challenging. Uh I've I was a person that used to say and sometimes I still do, I'm terrible at names. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I always say something like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just so terrible at names. Uh, and then somebody said this to me one time and they said, well, you just don't care. Oh, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh, no. I said, you're right. Uh, yeah, I don't have interest in the people that I'm talking to. And shame on me, man. Shame on me for, for not being truly interested in people's names. Uh, uh, now, now I try to be very intentional about learning and calling people by their names, because um, names are important in culture, yeah. um, and it, it's your identity. It, it is it is the core part of who you are, um, and just to sort of to call a person by their name is to say, I know you, and I see you, and I'm interested in you. Right. Um, and Man, that, that's just been really challenging to me, and it's a great first step. And, and we're not doing it for some ulterior motive, you know. We're not. We're not saying learn people's names uh, for whatever reason you want to put in there. But but really, we're just we want to learn people's names so that we know them. Yeah, like, yeah. So just, that we can be yeah. friends again.
1: Yeah, genuinely love people. There's a there's a friend that I have that 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 does this sometimes, and I uh, and I feel like this uh, this person is being incredibly hospitable to me doing this because he'll ask me, he'll say, "How you doing?" And I go, "Oh, I'm fine." And he's like, "No," which is another American thing that we uh-huh, do. We yeah. we everybody's fine, you know, all the time. <laughs> and uh and yeah. and he'll stop and he'll go, "No, seriously. How are you?" Hmm. And it'll stop me for a moment and and he really is asking. He really wants to know how I'm doing. It's yeah. not just this pithy introduction or anything like that. He really wants to know, and I think that's that's a beautiful sign of hospitality because there's a lot of people in our world um that are um, on the fringes of society, that don't feel welcomed, that even uh, what I've noticed in the past working with uh, with people who are homeless and things like that, there's something about shaking their hand or hugging them, the physical contact, looking them in the eye, knowing their name, engaging them like an everyday person and not as a homeless person. That shows great hospitality, and and there are so many people in our world and in different groups that that desperately need that hospitality.
0: Yeah, man. I, I, we talked before about um, you know we, we see see issues like uh, refugees right um, having having been turned away and people that are just fleeing their country uh, to seek refuge and safety um, and. Uh, you know, places have trouble bringing them in because, oh, they could be a terrorist or whatever, you know, and it's, it's hard because that, you know, they are homeless. They, they are fleeing evil. Um, and they, they need open arms, yeah. you know, they, they need people to receive them. We talked about friends that we know from the LGBTQ community um, that have been kicked out of their homes by parents or guardians uh, because they came out to them. Um, and how these Teenagers, a lot of them are teenagers, homeless now. Or maybe they came out as adults and uh, all their friends and family abandoned them. What a great opportunity for us to say, you no, know, you're welcome here. We, we we embrace you as a human being. Yeah, that's. I think that's the radical hospit. That's the radical
1: part. Yeah. of the hospitality that we're talking about because hospitality goes beyond political views. It goes beyond even your political views of what your comfortability. It goes beyond your theological views. Yeah. It goes beyond all that and treating everyone like they were made in the image of God because th- they are.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and we talked about uh, in the uh, when the first podcast of this one uh, about the the ancient Israelite tradition and 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 probably uh, larger uh, Middle East tradition uh, uh, in the ancient world uh, believed that by bringing someone into your home, you can convert them from an enemy, quote unquote, or an other, quote unquote, into a friend. Yeah, um, and I, I think that's that's the goal of hospitality is that we're trying to trying to create friendships here with people that are different than us. Um, and I'm finding that one of the easiest ways to do this is, is through food. And you have a really interesting story about, about people offering you food, which I love when you were, you you tell the story about going to Fiji that, uh, and being driven around by this taxi cab driver. (laughs) I just, I love this story. It's so good.
1: Yeah. Every time I flew to, uh, flew to Fiji, uh, the, the place that I was going, I flew into Nandi and I would go up to Suva and, and it was a two hour drive. And every time there would be a, um, uh, I would have an Indian, uh, taxi driver and we would be driving up and halfway there, he would just randomly say, um, you need to come and eat at my house tonight. You know, and and everywhere <laughs> yeah. I went, I would go into the mall there and 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 do some shopping and some of the the shops around and and some of the markets and everything. And and everywhere I went, people would come up to me and say. Do you have a place to eat tonight? Yeah. Are you, are you, do you need a do you need a place to stay? Do you cuz they knew, I That's mean, awesome. just looking at me that I was a visitor. <laughs> I was an, the other in in the group yeah. and and they would they would offer me all kinds of hospitality, making sure that I was taken care of. That that was a high priority in uh in their culture, and I think uh it it's definitely a high priority in 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 our Christian
0: culture that yes. we are
1: trying to develop our Christ-like culture. That we're trying to develop in our families.
0: Yeah. uh, You read through the book of Luke. um, And it doesn't ever seem like Jesus ever gets away from a table. <laughs> like he's always eating with somebody. That's right. Uh, and, 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 you know, we call the little community that we have, we call it the table. We have these little table groups that meet together. Uh, and one of our principles that we realize we're really good at is eating. And yeah. you and I come from a faith tradition in churches of Christ that we're really good at eating. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> there was always a potluck when I was growing right. up, man. Uh, we, the, the Christian tradition understands that food is an important element to spiritual formation. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that it is, uh, I think that's the case because food has the uh, the ability to disarm us. Right. Um, so you may be that person that I have trouble inviting into my home or making conversation with, but um, we might could have a meal together at my house and and talk about life. Um, oh yeah. And that, that's the hope I think. Um, and so it, it was really cool. Uh, you know, we have entire industries built on this, right? We have the hospitality industry, yeah. which uh, a major cornerstone of that is food and beverage. Uh, and they're onto something, you know, when they're thinking about that because they, they want you to enjoy your meal in luxury or whatever. They want you to enjoy this drink that you're having. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, how, how cool would it be for us to, to really embrace that again as Christians and as Christ followers? to say, uh, we are going to center, um, our lives around tables again. Uh, I think that'll open up discourse in, in ways that are meaningful. Um, I think that it will open ourselves up to new experiences, uh, because it's really hard to talk. Uh, it's, well, it's rude to talk with food in your mouth, you know? <laughs> yeah, and yeah, so yeah. while someone else is talking, you can put something in your mouth and keep your mouth shut and actually listen to what somebody else is saying.
1: No, absolutely. I, you know, uh, I definitely agree with that principle. i think I think it's so important to to get to know people's names to invite them over for a meal. There's something about being in someone's home, especially in North America. when you invite someone into your home, they move from the acquaintance to a friend yep. because of our the way we view our home. and then i I also um I also think it's important to learn the art of asking questions. we I like that. we are very good at just telling our views and preaching our views and all these other things. And, and there is a time for that. I think there's a time to share what we think. I'm not saying never do that, but to be hospitable is to give them the floor Yeah, is to, to ask them questions and to get to know them and to let them tell their story. Because after all, there is power in their story and, uh, and, and, uh, people, what I've found out is people love talking about themselves. (laughs) So if you just keep asking them questions, (laughs) that makes them feel at home. I mean, I have felt more, um, love and hospitality from someone that, uh, not necessarily the person that gives me all the advice and the answers, but someone that just sits and actually listens and, and really listens. I think that's, that's so important. Um, along those lines, I was, uh, remembering you were telling me about some, uh, uh, some news reports, some Paris news report earlier. Or something. Yeah. I, I want to get to this because I think this is a, this is a neat phrase. That, yeah. That well, maybe came we up. can
0: wrap this, wrap it up with this story. And yeah. this is, this is a nice story. Um, you'll, you'll probably remember, I think it was 2015 when they had the shootings in Paris, mm. uh, a terrorist attack that um, I think a guy went into a nightclub or something like that and, yeah. and started shooting up people. Uh, it, was, it was a terrible story. Um, and, the, the world really kind of surrounded Paris, you know, with uh, with help and aid. And, you know, we want to we want to care for our, our friends there. Uh, but there was this trend uh, that went through on Twitter that was just a, a, as amazing. So this hashtag developed. Um, basically, what had happened was the uh, after the terrorist attack, the officials of Paris said, we need everyone off the streets. Um, it's not safe we don't know if there's other bombs or if there's shooters or or what's going on it was a bombing I think is what it was um, and th- they just they didn't know and so uh, it was really neat that people on Twitter started posting with using a hashtag and, and I won't botch the French expression of it we, we practiced it earlier but I can't I can't say <laughs> yeah, it but yeah, it basically yeah. means open door right um, and they would they would tweet with this this French hashtag and post their personal addresses on there um, and say, if you need a place of refuge, you can stay at my house in Paris. And I, I was just so overcome by emotion with that, because how cool is that? Um, we, we just talked about people uh, in, in crisis in their life, people who have tragedy um, people who are uh, affected by natural disaster. We see that a lot here in Texas here, especially recently with the hurricanes that we had. Um, people need places to stay both physically and emotionally, Yeah, um, relationally. They, we, they need people around them. And so this open door hashtag was just so cool because it, it basically said, um, you have a space in my home. Um, no matter who you are, Uh, there were all sorts of people in Paris at the time of the bombings and uh, that terrorist attack. Um, But uh, these, these folks were saying you can be safe at my house. I just thought that was so cool and such a good Christian principle to have.
1: No, it is. It's, I think the faster our world moves uh, because our uh, North American culture is very fast. And a lot of people get caught under the wheels of, of how fast we move. The faster we move, the easier it is to miss people and to pass people by. We as Christians should be the ones that have a posture in which we slow down enough, slow down our lives, um, slow down our hearts and minds, and, and notice the people that are around us and have those open doors and those safe places of refuge for the people that have been
0: uh, broken by the system that we are in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talk a lot about living open-handedly. Mm. Uh, we, we speak about it more in terms of doctrine a lot of times. The doctrine, uh, we, we say in decision-making, uh, that we're going to live open-handedly. But um, there's, I think there's something to be said about living open-handedly with our lives as well, that th- my life is not my own. Mm. Uh, it belongs to God Um And all of this is a sacrifice, Um, and and we're we're giving whatever we have to God, uh, especially um, our our places that we take refuge in. Um, we, we We want to be open to the strangers and to the others and to those we don't quite know. In the world, so I think this is a good place to stop. Uh, we're going to do another reflection, I think, with this, um, and we'll, we'll bring that to you on this next podcast. But Paul, this has been some really good conversations that we've been having about radical hospitality, um, and so just kind of wrap up one more time. We said knowing people's names is a good, a good place to start. Uh, having somebody over for a meal is a good place to start, uh, and just trying to create open space in your life, uh, I, I think, and asking good questions um, and listening well. Uh, those those are some thre- three really easy and practical things that we can take uh, this week as we practice radical hospitality. Absolutely, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.